Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Really Cool People. Today we are privileged to hear from professional speaker Ben Carr. Ben has an incredible, positive, and fiery passion for choosing to be a victor in life rather than being a victim. Stay tuned as Ben shares his inspiring story from being a successful wrestler despite doctors telling him he would never do so, to becoming a father of three after struggling for years to start a family, plus so much more. We know you will feel inspired through his moving life story. Alrighty, hey, thank you so much for being here with us, Ben. Ben Carr is probably the coolest guy. And actually, funny story, we tried to record this with him last week and unfortunately didn't work out. So we're lucky that we've had a little extra week to think about some of the things that we want to conversate with him about and learn from him. But anyways, thank you again for joining us, Ben. We really appreciate it. Yeah, super excited to be here with you guys. What a pleasure. What an honor. Uh, last week, you know, I was in Puerto Rico and we we're having a good time out there, but the signal just wasn't the same and things happen for a reason. So for some reason, someone somewhere is supposed to hear this message tonight or whenever this airs and uh, you're supposed to hear exactly what the words and the feelings and the intention that comes from this um, and it's going to be able to move you and impact you. So I'm super excited to be here. That's great. Hey, well, thank you again. Um, we just kind of want to start by talking to you a little bit about your um, medical conditions that you've dealt with throughout your life. Um, you, we understand that you were born with Cruzon syndrome. Uh, would you mind teaching those of us who don't know what that is, a little bit about what that is, and then also just some of the things that um, it has, some of the implications that it's brought to pass in your life? Sure, Absolutely. So I was born with Cruzon syndrome. It's a craniofacial anomaly. And basically what that means in English terms is that um, there would be different parts of my face that would grow at different speeds. So the mid part of my face uh, would be slower in its growth process than you know, other parts of my face and my head. So during the growth stages and the maturing stages, I would have surgeries. So I'd have a massive surgery at uh, the age of one, another surgery at the age of five to the point that, you know, they had to cut my head open from ear to ear. The, the surgeons would cut my head open, open up my head and maneuver around the bones and manipulate the bones in areas that uh, needed uh, fixing would take pieces of my bones from other part of my body. And so it wouldn't be a foreign uh, bone entering my body. And so it would take, and they would, you know, the majority of the surgeries wired my mouth shut so that it would hold and heal together. And I mean, I would, I would basically have to go through times that, um, I had to have a lot of, of food given me by syringes. Um, and, and it would be interesting, you know, I remember the last surgery I had at the age of about 20, 20 years old, I, I, uh, I lost about 13 pounds in a couple of weeks, about a pound a day from, you know, not being able to intake as, uh, you know, solid foods. And it was an interesting time and, um, it was very humbling, but it, uh, it made me have a hard time sleeping many times because I couldn't breathe out of my nose and, uh, and 
it, it would affect, you know, some, sometimes it affected the way I heard, I, I would hear things. And, um, it was an interesting, interesting thing to have in my life. And, and it would test me and my family quite a bit. Um, so we actually had the opportunity to watch your, is it hope works? Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? The hope works video. From yeah. Um, and from that, your main message and idea was kind of how to be a victor and not a victim. Could you kind of explain what that means? Absolutely. You know what? That's a, that's a great question because a lot of people wonder that. And we all go through it, right? Whether it's you guys or me or our parents or our professors and coaches or whoever it is, even our mentors, we all are backed against a corner in life and we're all wondering, Hey, what do I choose today? Um, I just had an experience last night. Uh, my brother flew into town for my sister's wedding. And after we don't see him that much, he lives in Washington and we went to this big trampoline park and, you know, I teach on this stuff and I had my story and message heard to millions and millions of people all throughout the world about being a victor and not a victim. And I had a victim mentality and an experience last night. So it was about, man, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago that I did a backflip on the trampoline and landed on my head. And uh, we're at the trampoline park last night, huge trampoline park with a bunch of our friends and family together. And my brother, my younger brother looks at me, he's like, hey, do a backflip. And like, terror struck all right this terror struck me because of this experience that i had and for me it was i landed on my head and felt like i really hurt my neck years ago over a decade ago and since then i haven't even tried or had the gut the guts or courage to do another backflip well this isn't just about backflips this is about relationships this is about trying for like asking people out on dates this is like, uh, you know, putting yourself out there in public speaking. This is about trying out for that team or that play. Um, it's about trying for your favorite job or maybe even doing something that you're dreaming of. Well, as I was sitting in the middle of this, this trampoline park with tons of people around watching, I then went after the goal of trying to do a backflip and you guys should have seen my first attempt it was miserable i was jumping <laughs> up and down and i flung myself back and i didn't commit and i landed <laughs> like on my shoulder and my head and i, and I land there i'm like i'm a freaking idiot and my i am statement was so negative it was like so demeaning it was so fleeting it was so suffocating and I found myself as I was laying there kinked in like this contortion type of uh, movement. Like, what am I doing? I'm like, first of all, what do I have to prove? Second of all, my I am statement sucks and I'm not getting anywhere. And my brother's like, come on, it's so easy. And then he would do another backflip. And I committed to myself right there. You know what, Ben? After de- after over a decade, you've not even put forth effort into overcoming this fear. And I committed myself right then and there that I would, by the end of the night, I'd do a backflip. So I started doing a couple different exercises that would get me to that ability to do that. And then I grabbed my brother, my younger brother. I said, hold on to my hand. 
And isn't it interesting that during the process, when we're backed against a wall, it's oftentimes that we deserve to have somebody that we love and trust by us. We deserve to surround ourselves with winners and other victors. Because if I would have been surrounded by other victims at that time, they'd have been like, no, don't do it. You're going to hurt yourself. Come on, don't do it. (laughs) But I was surrounded by victors. And I grabbed my brother's hand. I said, Adam, will you please just hold my hand and support me in this backflip? He's like, sure. And he was coaching me through how I could do this. And I grabbed his hand. If you've ever been in gymnastics or seen any type of, uh, you know, wrestling does it too, and any type of acrobatic movements, I had the support and I would then do three or four backflips with support. And with that in mind, with that success process in mind, I was then able to do a backflip on my own. And by the end of the night, it was funny because my wife filmed me. I would do backflip after backflip after backflip <laughs> after backflip. And it was so interesting because even though I teach about this and even though I'm a father of three kids, And even though I've had the opportunity to um, teach about being a victor, not a victim, every single day, we, and I say that because everyone has the opportunity every day to be a victor or a victim. And I last night went from being a victim and having a really sucky I am statements. I'm an idiot. What am I doing? Just saying, I can do this. This is possible. And um and it was and i went from landing on my shoulder and like you know being a complete uh completely foolish looking like a fool i should say to doing backflip after backflip after backflip but it only came through the support of other people by me that were cheering me on and that were literally supporting me into my success so all of us whatever age have the opportunity to choose to be a victor and not a victim, to choose uh, abundant mentality, not scarcity mentality, and to allow ourselves to choose these I am statements as we go through this. For an example, as you get ready for your uh, is it physiology, you said? Yes. <laughs> as you get ready for your physiology exam tonight or your project, I'm going to invite you to tell yourself, I'm going to kill this. I'm going to smoke this. The paper and the pencil is going to be on fire because this is going to be so good. And you're going to kill it. You're going to slay it. You're going to imagine yourself on the other side of this exam, just being at the top of the class and uh, having all the answers regurgitated right to your mind so you can just put it out on paper. And it's just going to be fantastic. I think we've gotten two answers as to why we are having you this week instead of last week, because we never would have had that story. First of all, the trampoline backflip experience. And I have been saying all night about how I'm going to fail this test and it's just going to be terrible. And I just can't wait for it to be over and all these things. And so I think you just um, changed my whole perception for this evening. So thanks. (laughs) I appreciate your... (laughs) Uh, reinforcement to the things I've been trying to tell her. I've been trying to do these same exercises, maybe not to the same extent, but I've been sitting there like Addison, say it after me. I <laughs> am a champion <laughs> and she won't do it. She's like, no, no, but <laughs> your reinforcement, it'll get her there. <laughs> you know, what's interesting so is that our mind and our thought process and our belief is so powerful 
that it's it's like scary and it's dangerous. Yeah. Because many of us don't realize how powerful we are. Really, we don't realize how powerful we are and how we can speak to whatever you want to call it to to uh, the world, to the um, to the people, to the spirits, to the other side, to just uh, just to the stars, just to, to the world in general. But when you say I'm going to fail this test <laughs> or I'm going to pass this test, you're probably right either way. Because yeah. there's many people that look in the look their at their face in the mirror every morning and they say, I am ugly. And words and belief will literally change a change a person's physiology. Now you're going, you're doing physiology as you talked about. Physiology in and of itself is interesting because you literally, the way you hold your head, the way you hold your shoulders, the way you present and uh, present yourself says a lot. As you see someone come into a room, there's been tests and, and uh, done on this, right? And you see people walk into a room and you have people sitting there like just on a note tab, not talking, not communicating with this person, just by viewing this person walk across the room, they're able to put down if that person is happy, successful um, type of individual, and if they have friends. And isn't it interesting, just by how you see people, just by how you, you know, see how that person walks, how they put their chin, how their eyes look, and how they present themselves, many people will say they are happy or they are not happy. They are not they are not attracting people or they are. And then lastly, like, do they make an impact to others? And I've known people that as soon as they walk in the room, I'm like, dang, the room just got more powerful. And, uh, and isn't that interesting that our beliefs can even penetrate the beliefs of others. Um, as we tell ourselves that we're not just enough, but that, that, that we're amazing people. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Um, I'm curious as to how you think that your experiences growing up with Cruzon syndrome may have led you to believe and to know that mantra for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. It's basically just anybody who has been through hard times and trials and struggles in your life understands and has empathy towards other people who have. So for an example, I had a couple of hard times and a couple of stories that I could tell you like time after time where I had the opportunity to basically choose out of this life or face the fear. And you guys have heard the, the cliche life starts on the other side of fear. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Mm -mm. So what do you think that means? Life starts on the other side of fear. I think that there's a difference between living life and going through the motions. And I think that the separator is probably that fear that if you can decide that I'm going to move on from fear, that's when you're able to start living life that you're able to live for each moment that you're able to accomplish things that are great rather than just being fearful of, of what could happen. You, you decide to take on yourself that you're going to go out and 
make something happen and live life that way. I love it. I absolutely love it. It was a couple of years ago I was asked to do, um, there's a big place in Salt Lake City called the Salt Palace. And there were, there were thousands of people that showed up for this event. And I'm going to answer your question. You asked me how being, you know, growing up with Cruzon syndrome impacted the way I live. And I'm going to answer that kind of a roundabout way. Well, I, sh I asked to come and speak to a bunch of, it was called the UDA, the Utah Dentist Association. Now, how can this stocky guy with ears that have cauliflower ears from fighting and wrestling, right? Who was born with Cruzon syndrome, have any idea about what dentists or dental assistants go through? And I'm going to tell you why. It's because we all fight with fear and we all fight with doubt and insecurity. I was asked to come and speak and I was thinking, how can I do this and portray this the, the right way to where they can absolutely understand that whatever situation they're in and their patients are in, that they can achieve. So we did something called the breakthrough experience. And I literally showed up with um, about inch thick, an inch and a half thick of boards, wood, real wood boards. And we would go on to let them know that they would literally break through these boards with their hands. And in this breakthrough experience, these people would get this board. And on the front of this board, they would write their name, the date, and then they would write all the fears that they had in their life. And they would just literally vomit on this board with that ink in a matter of about five minutes. And you guys should have seen what some of these successful dentists and doctors and dental assistants were saying on there. I saw grown men and women that were just crying, literally bawling and telling us what things they were going through in that recent moment. And then on the other side of the board, we talked about once they break through those fears, how would their life be if there was no fears? Without the fear of not being enough, without the fear of failure, without the fear of being too fat, too skinny, um, too this or that, too short, um, whatever that is. How would life be without those fears? So we go back to life starts on the other side of fear. If you don't have those fears, if you don't let life control and suffocate you from those fears, how will you live? So at a young age, I had a lot of people tell me how I looked and what I would be and what, I, what my limits would allow me. I had doctors tell me I would never do contact sports. I was fourth in the Olympic trials in 2012, Utah Valley University's first ever All-American in high school as a five-time national champion. And I say that just because you can do it. Like you can achieve whatever your dreams are in your mind if you're willing to work for it and believe in it. And so that, going back to Salt Palace, as we broke through those boards, we put the microphone in front of these people's faces. And I'll never forget a couple of these individuals. I'll never forget this man. It was a dentist who got up and he ran his practice and he just bawled over that microphone. 
And he talked about how he felt like he wasn't running his practice the way he should because of his doubts and his fears and his insecurities of who he thought he was. And then how throughout the breakthrough experience, how he felt his mind change, he had a paradigm shift. And we created a new narrative. We created new I am statements to allow him to know that he wasn't just enough. He was a freaking killer. And his mind was so dangerous because it could take him into those dark times. Now, the challenge is forever who's watching this, whether you're a dentist or a janitor or homeless or in between, right? That you can come out of whatever fear you have. If and when every day you tell yourself something that will combat that. So if you think you're ugly, you tell yourself how beautiful you are. And you, you tell yourself details, how much you love your eyes, how much you love your eyelashes, how much you love your nose, how much you love whatever it is. And you convince yourself every day about that being manifested into reality. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard the book or the movie, The Secret, but I believe that stuff. I believe manifestations to become true. If you believe it and you work towards it, I just wish the rest of the, I would just wish a lot more of the world would believe that stuff. Okay. I, my personal favorite part from your hope works um, experience was you talking about your family and starting a family and the struggles and the challenges that came with that and how you related that back to your challenges with Cruzon syndrome. Um, would you mind kind of just giving us a little bit of an overview of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if anybody's heard my story about uh, my, my beautiful wife and my family adventure, we call it an adventure, right? Um, it's basically my wife and I got married in 2009 and we strive to have uh, kids, right? And you think that when you get married that you have kids and, it, and it, it's just off, off, you know, you're going down the yellow big road type of deal. Yeah. But uh, that wicked witch, right, comes out and sometimes you have trials and our trial was not being able to have kids so easily, naturally. <clears throat> and so we tried the obvious route uh, for us, at least we thought it was uh, in vitro or IVF, which for those of you guys who don't know what that is, it's just a basically a medical support to allow you to become pregnant. And there's a lot of shots. And then there's a lot of uh, hard things that the woman has to go through since she's the one carrying the baby. And so I remember my wife going through four different cycles of IVF and the emotional and the financial burden that we were going through. I remember my wife going to work and hardly being able to sit down the bruises and the swelling on her hips and on her stomach were just like, guys, the needles were like so thick and, and so long. And I hate needles because I was like a pin cushion growing up in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and to walk into my, our master bathroom and seeing my wife like, and like grabbing her skin and just get ready to puncture herself every day. On bruising on top of bruising, uh, scar tissue on top of scar tissue. Uh, and then, you know, us having 
two miscarriages, a little boy and a little girl um, gone. And that pain was so hard for us. And then we had the opportunity, as you talked about, to, to choose what road we were going to go down, anger uh, and frustration, um, telling God, you know, what the freak are you doing? Like, why us? Or finding some type of wisdom in it. You know what? Timing is, is in God's hands. Like from this week to last week, right? Why, why did it not work out last week? Why is this working out this week? It's supposed to. And so for us, it was just like, this must be the plan. We don't know why. So we did an adoption. And our first two moms, um, you know, took our money and a lot of money. And uh, the first mom, you know, right after we paid her a lot of money and a lot of heartache and a lot of connection, decided to keep the baby, which is hard because it's hard because you're glad for her that she decided to keep it, but it's hard because the emotion of connection that we had, I mean, we had bought tons of, you know, the crib, we had bought everything ready to go clothes and everything. We had a name for the baby. Um, and so that was hard. Um, and then to find out that the next adoption mom had placed our same baby that we were paying for, with two other agencies and she was triple dipping financially. And when we find out that happened and we questioned her about it and our investigation was successful to find out that's what she was doing, she disappears. And our emotion was crushed and financially it was hard. And so we had the opportunity to choose to be a victor or a victim and to pout and to cry. Not that we didn't cry and we did, it was hard, but to keep our head up and move forward and keep looking for opportunities and just collapse. Many people do that right now, right? You're dating, you go out and you go out with, you know, Jill, you know, whoever, Samantha and Jody. And the next thing you know, none of it works out. You fall in love and it doesn't work out. And so you just quit, you stop. You curl up in a ball, you sit in the corner and you, and it's okay to pout. It's okay to do that for a moment. But do we live there? Do we live in that shadow of just hate and just, and, and, and depression? That's what we're, that's what we're finding nowadays. Um, I literally just talked um, the other day with someone who works for the state of Utah and they're saying, there's so much stuff going on. He's a therapist. There's so much stuff going on with the youth today. And do we, do we live in that for a long time? And, and my invitation is that we don't. Because when you live in the victor mentality, when you step up and you believe and you say your I am statements and they're positive, then great things can happen. And that's what me and my wife decided to do. And we got a call from adoption agency saying there's a little boy that was just born and asked if we want to adopt this baby boy. And we were, her and I were on a plane less than 24 hours later. And my invitation is to know the full stories to go to YouTube because on YouTube um, it was seen a few million times and then they put it on 
um, they put it on social media and it's our story has been seen, I don't know, probably over 60 million times now around the world. And the story is of us starting our family and allowing God to take part in our family's life and realizing that he delivers. And when he delivers, he delivers big time. Because when we went out to go get our baby boy, we were also offered a, a, a little baby girl. And the story on YouTube portrays us coming back and telling our family because our family had no clue that we were even adopting or looking to adopt or had adopted. And so that's the fun part. And beyond that, uh, God is even more amazing than what we thought because um, Liam, my oldest boy, had a blood brother that would be born uh, about a year later that we would also be able to adopt. And then we went on to surprise my family yet again. Somehow we surprised my family twice doing the same exact <laughs> thing. And it was just genius. We were so blessed to be able to do it and film that as well. And so it, it's been a fun journey. That's great. So Ben, I have a question for you. Maybe it's more of the philosophical side of, of what you've talked about. Um, I just... I wonder, because you talked about, uh, say we're talking about specific circumstance of someone who thinks they're ugly. Um, why would they want to choose to be a victor? Why should they choose to be a victor? Knowing that their face probably won't change. Um, another circumstance, maybe being you being a, a wrestler, you wanting to wrestle, but being told by doctors that you're not gonna be able to. Um, it's the hard route. You choose the hard way. And I wonder why, why would you do that when you could set yourself up to have some kind of disappointment? Why do you set your expectations towards the sky when you know that, you know, there's, there's possibilities of failure. Why, why should you choose to live as a victor? That's a great question. Um, I think if you sit down with anybody who's, who's, um, how do I say this? Who's living in that life of self-doubt. And when you're pushed in that corner, maybe some people haven't been pushed in the corner deep enough yet in their lives, but everyone will get to the point to where you get into the area where you choose to get out of that dark space and choose to level up and sometimes and this is what almost bothers me it's like a pet peeve of mine because i've seen it in my own life sometimes like life so like calm like it's it's comfortable enough because we don't live in a third world country here in the u.s i believe me i've been there i've, I've been to those third world countries that we're just like comfortable we're, we're comfortable coming home in a warm car, whether it's, you know, whether it's your Mercedes or just like a, a little Pinto, you know, um, you have wills and you come home and there's food in the fridge. And the last time you checked the furnace and the water heater worked. And so sometimes that's the most dangerous area, right? That's the most dangerous area. 
And that's like what it says in the, in the scriptures. It talks about lukewarm, about how God will spew you out of his mouth. That's the dangerous area because you're just lukewarm. You're just like, you're okay. And so it's almost like not the people that are about to commit suicide and so depressed that are the most dangerous. It's almost the other majority. It's not everyone who gets that depressed where you're like second guessing if you should be on this earth. It's the majority who looks in the mirror and is just like, eh, I'm okay. And I'm not saying that everyone needs plastic surgery to change their look, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I know you guys know going to school, going to college, going to jobs, going to church, whatever it is, there's people who just by the way they carry themselves, even though they may not have the best build, even though they may not have parents that are supermodels, but how they carry themselves and the confidence that they portray and have allows them to be very attractive. Now, we go through the definition of what's attractive. Like, what is that? Is this like an attractive, like a magnet attractive? Or is this like looks attractive? Is this, what does that mean? Well, what is attraction? What attracts you? Is it the feeling? Is it the feeling that when someone walks in the room, you're like, oh my gosh, that's a pillar of light, strength, and happiness. I get to be by them. I deserve to rub shoulders with them right and how do they carry themselves i would invite people to um do something every day that gets them uncomfortable it's going to be for their benefit right so whether that's talking to yourself in the mirror until you feel like you finally convince yourself that you're enough or that you can do something whether it's exercise whether it's fitness, whether it's eating right. But you asked me the question, why is it worth living like a victor and not a victim? Because God doesn't create victims, period. And so if we want to live as a victim, shame on you. Like shame on you. You should get a good talking to. Because last time I freaking checked, God delivers champs. God delivers like top level, top level, like superheroes. And sometimes it's our selfishness and our scarcity mentality that thinks otherwise. And so it's a, it's, it's a combat that we, a, a combative uh, war that we have between ourselves, the world and like our spirit. That's like a heavenly being. And this heavenly being is like, you're awesome, you're cool, you're amazing, you're incredible. And this person's like, no, you're not, no, you're not. <laughs> you're the worst. Everybody says so. You're fat, you're ugly, you're worthless. Makeup doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> you know? It's just like absolutely. And then like in the middle is like your mind and your body and your emotions. And it's just like complete, like just thoughts of, oh man, like thoughts of just a jumbled mess. 
But how do you find clarity? You find clarity through understanding who you are. And I know that I'm a child of God. I know what my purpose is here is to prove myself and serve others and be a voice for good and be a hero and to defy the odds. But we can't be a hero to others if we're not a hero to ourselves. If we look ourselves in the mirror and you think you're a freaking imbecile, you are going to be an imbecile because that's what your belief is, right? There's a reason why, like, horses, I have two horses in my backyard. I'm in awe that, like, I can put, like, a thin piece of wire like this, three of them, and they won't cross that boundary. I'm in awe I can put, like, a little like piece of rope around their neck that's like huge and that could kill me because his muscles are so big and they won't even move because somehow these horses have been trained and convinced that they cannot penetrate those things. How have we done that as humans? How have we allowed those things to happen to us as humans? We believe that our minds and our words and our thoughts are going to be our boundaries what, what makes us think that? I mean, you're going to take a test tonight, right? You're going to take a test tonight. You already know the answers. Isn't it funny that we were literally, we literally, our spirit knows all these answers. We know all. Sometimes we just have to remind ourselves that we know them. And we have to allow our spirits to awaken and to become. Because we don't have to change. Everyone's like, you have to change. You have to change. You know, you have to change. We already are. We get to remind. In the scriptures, it talked about remember, remember, remember. Yeah, remember. Of course, you got to remember who you are. Not become. You don't have to become anybody. You already are that. We just get to remind ourselves that we are that person. And reveal ourselves to our, reveal our spirit, like allow our spirit to reveal it to this. <laughs> Sometimes this thing can be so stupid and it doesn't, it's not intelligent and it fights, it fights the intelligence, the spiritual side that knows all that's lived in the presence of God. And this person, this flesh, somehow became so selfish and so limiting. And so as we combine these two and become one in like in, in a joint force and an entity of success, whoo, like watch out, that's dangerous. Dangerous a good dangerous. That's a that's a powerful thing. I love that. Before you go, I just want to say one thing. Um, I love this idea because I think that that's that's what it all comes down to is the idea that we all have infinite worth and infinite potential as well. And I think that for you to desire to be a victor just simply comes from believing that, that truth right there. If you really believe that you have infinite value in the sight of God, in the sight of people around you, and just in spite of yourself, and if you really believe that you have that infinite potential, then you will want to choose to be that victor. Because if you don't, you're not living up to who you really can be. Um, so again, I just thank you for bringing that up because that's the truth is it's just reminding ourselves who we are, where we come from and, and what, what our value is. And 
it is infinite and it just takes us remembering that. I feel like I'm in Sunday school. This has been so powerful. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm surrounded by good. I'm surrounded by victors. And that's what I need for tonight and every day. Um, I kind of feel bad asking this last question because everything that you've said has been good vibes. But we always end with this um, question. <laughs> and it's just what good vibes do you have to leave with us here in the hive? Like if you can take everything that you've said tonight and kind of summarize it down to a good vibe. It can be anything, just kind of your last words. What would you like to share? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be two things. It'd be two things kind of combined and they go together, but uh, people are made and um, broken with these two things. And the number one thing is put together an I am statement. Right. And I, I talk, this isn't like a religious thing. I don't think it's a religious podcast, but you know, what's funny is I talk about my beliefs all the time because I, I think it's how I'm built and how I'm made. And it's part of me. It's the center of me is Christ was like the master. He was like the goat, the greatest of all time of the <laughs> I am statement. Why? What did he say? Then he wasn't like prideful, but he was so confident. Because some people are like, oh, I can't say I am statement because anything after that will be like, it will be uh, cocky. It will be seen as obnoxious. It will be seen as like uh, that I'm full of myself. Guys, we gotta, what's it going to take to convince ourselves that we're enough? And not just enough. I don't like that word. That we're more than enough. That we're just like so meant for this time. Well, look at the best, the greatest of all time. He said, Jesus Christ said, well, just give me a couple of them. He said, I am. What did he say after that? <laughs> I remember the time he said, I am that great. I am. <laughs> That's huge. I am the great. I am. I am the savior. I am the redeemer. I am the light. I am the son of God. I am the lamb. I mean, holy cow. Like, how can you say anything better? I am the creator. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty <laughs> dang powerful, you know? And that was Jesus, the perfect man. And sometimes we think we can't say that because at the moment we say anything that sounds like um, big and, 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 and holy or, or cocky or whatever you think that we can't measure up to that. That's absolutely the opposite. It's the opposite. We, we get to go above and beyond what is almost reality to believe that we can be that. And then the second thing I want, so first thing, I am statement. What is your I am statement? And then I'm going to say this. If your I am statements, if they don't make you get emotional, and if they don't make the hair on your arms stand up a little bit, then it's not powerful enough. I really like an I am statement that I've, that I've heard a lot. And uh, Tony Robbins was a huge proponent of this. Um, and I say, this is this thing I say during these tough times. I say, I am right. I say, now I am the voice. Now I am the voice. I will lead, not follow. I will believe, not doubt. I am a force for good. I am a leader. Defy the odds set a new standard, step up, step up, step up, because I am a victor. Every single one of those words means something. 
every single one, defy the odds. Well, of course the doctors told me after I got my head cut open tons of times that I couldn't play contact sports. And I said, peace, watch <laughs> me, right? Set a new standard, stop being freaking lazy, right? Set a new standard, get out of that depression or just get out of comfort. That's lukewarm junk. I am the voice. Everyone's going to tell me who I, they think I am. Am I going to listen to them? What well, depends who's talking. If I get a bunch of victors talking, yeah, I'll listen to you. I'll support that. But if I get a bunch of these victims talking, tell me what I can and can't do, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm you. I'm the voice. Right? Be a leader. Be a force for good. Set your I am statements. And when are they going to be powerful? They're going to be powerful in moments like this. So this is the second thing I'm going to leave with you and the last thing I'm going to leave with you. There's something called a five-second opportunity, right? And the five-second opportunity, <clears throat> for example, it's like the five seconds of choice. In the morning, when you set your alarm at 7.30 a.m., when you set your alarm, you have the opportunity to answer the call of opportunity in those first five seconds. Are you going to stay in your bed or are you going to get up? Are you going to press snooze 10 more times? Or are you going to get out of your bed? And are you going to do the workout? Are you going to do the pondering? Are you going to do the study? Are you going to fall to your knees and pray? What are you going to do in those first five seconds? Here's my invitation. If you're up and at them and you're already on it, boom, you're, you're good. But if you're deciding whether it's good enough to do that, <clears throat> whether you're meant to do that decision, I'm going to invite you to say your I am statement. And if you're still laying in bed after your I am statements, your I am statements aren't powerful enough. So during the five second opportunity of choice, choose to be a victor, not a victim. And if you're having a hard time to choose that, say your I am statements. Because that will allow you to support the choice to be a victor. And it will help you live a different life. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben. You've inspired both of us. And we're super excited to release this one because I really do believe the things that you've said are, are capable of influencing and inspiring so many people. So thank you for joining us, your life's experience and the things that you've proved to us um, show us A, that you're a victor, you're not a victim, and B, that you are a really cool person and we're gr <laughs> grateful to have you join us on this episode of Really Cool People. You guys are awesome. Kill it. <laughs> Put together your I am statements and uh, share yeah, them with Yeah, we got to work on that tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, slay it in your test, in your exam. <laughs> You're going to do awesome. I am powerful. I am an A student. <laughs> I crush things. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank so you so much. much. We, we appreciate it. You. Yeah. You're amazing. See you guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. God bless. We'll be in touch. Yeah, you too. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Really Cool People. If you're not following us on social media yet, 
You really need to. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go follow us. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any adventures from our Good Vibe Hive. We'll see you next Saturday for another edition of Really Cool People.